Welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 100. We've done mm. it. We've peaked. This is the greatest moment in any of our lives. And probably for the rest of our lives. Hey, maybe now we'll make a dollar. Yeah. We'll be like, hey, we've done this for two years, basically. We have 100 episodes. And then it'll be like, here's some pity sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, here we are. Episode yeah. number 100. Yeah, it's um, like, we'll just be like, you deserve a little something for continuing. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, being such loyal supporters of, of our hosting platform. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we delayed this whole episode by a week just so that Cass could come up with, like, a crazy good topic, do some good research, uh, and so Wait, we can make now? this a really extra special episode 100 for you. I, yes. <laughs> I thought we delayed this by a week so that Hunter could come out with his episode 100 thing. <laughs> yes, yes, and what I've decided is that the podcast wouldn't be what it is without our fans. And so I decided that instead of me getting ahead of myself and throwing together something that wasn't representative of what the fans really wanted to see from an episode 100, I thought I'd use this time with episode 100 <laughs> to ask you guys what you most wanted from me. <laughs> so the suggestions in the Discord. Uh, should I go through and find the worst quotes from the first couple episodes, some sort of a game? This is definitely not a, a, a cop-out by me. Um, Please give me yeah. I can't. I can't believe neither of you called me out for being the one that actually delayed the podcast for a week just because yeah. I was out of town. No, well, I, I thought it was pretty <laughs> obvious that the whole thing. Yeah. You, were throwing the, you were throwing it on yeah. me. I threw it to Hunter. Hunter had to throw it back to you. Yeah. But I, yeah. I guess the chain got broken. Well, I mean, the thing is, I legitimately was hoping to have something for this, and then I wasn't inspired and was spending a lot. This of time is with it's the most our podcast yeah. way to do it. To be yeah. honest. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Maximum preparation. Everything. Mm. To a T. Oh yeah, phenomenal. Storyboarded, uh, yeah. Transcripts, um, you know. We, we actually are just reading off of a script. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just really good at like. I, I was actually a voice actor in my past life, so like I'm just really good at like emoting off of a piece of paper and like knowing when to interject and whatnot it's and when to like, cut off Hunter mm, because it, whatever he says isn't important. It's an entire page of just uh, <laughs> likes and then fucks. Yeah. <laughs> For Cassia. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, well, at any rate, here we are. Hunter, I'm assuming you brought a very special drink to this podcast because it's such a monumentous moment in your life. <laughs> I, I will say I'm pretty happy with the drink. I just cracked it. I was sipping a Truly until just now. But uh, this is the Checker Spot Brewing Bird is the Word. And this follows a trend of mine from the year, which is really finding out how much I enjoy Kolsch's. So this is yet another Kolsch. This one is a Honey Kolsch. Brewed with local Bear Branch honey malt and honey from Charm City Meadworks. In case you haven't heard, the bird is the word. And that is, it's thematically supposed to be representing the Baltimore Ravens football team. Um, uh, I will okay. say, yeah, you didn't get it until just now, did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, no. There's no way I would have picked up on that. <laughs> yeah, there, I was like, there's no surfing going on though, right? Surfing? I'm I'm missing something, clearly. It would... Surfing Bird is the name of the song. Oh, okay. I, I'm not familiar with that song. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it after the podcast. Um, but, well, I mean, most people are familiar with the Family Guy clip, at least. Bird, bird, bird. Oh, I'm familiar with that song. I didn't know the name. Okay. Surfing Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten to that part of the song. I've only seen the Family Guy clip. 
<laughs> so yeah, I had no idea that there's a surfing involved in this. Um, but yeah, where I was going with this is that Checker Spot Brewing, I've had a couple beers from podcasts on so far, and uh, I've liked all of them that I've had, so I need to get myself down there. Not even sure where it is, but uh, going to be... If you need to go to the Mead Works. How do you know it's down if you don't know where it is? Well, because I live in very north Baltimore City, so almost mm. everything is down from me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very solid bet that it is down. Yeah, yeah it's very good. Like, not from Baltimore and just like say that they are. There's so many breweries actually in Baltimore, I, I doubt that they would find the need to do that. And particularly mm. because real estate in Baltimore is um, kind of cheap. It's also not like <laughs> some sort of thing where it's like, oh, we're going to pretend that we're here. Like, just be here if you want to be here. Uh, they're uh, but probably yeah. Patriots fans. Oh, God. I would have to dump this out right now if I found out about that. Um, I will say, though, it's a very refreshing beer. The The honey taste is quite nice, and it's just like a super easy drinking. It's Kolsch. I mean, you, you kind of have to know what a Kolsch is. <laughs> I'm not going to try to describe it, but it's a good one. You know, funnily enough, I was at uh, one of our friend's like grad parties uh, on Friday, which I, Tony somewhat begrudgingly, Dragged me out of the house too, because he wanted to go so, to the party. Some and drink. some friend that you were right, yeah, didn't want to go um, to a grad party. Hopefully, they're not listening to this like, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what he didn't want to be there? Uh, then I was just like, ah, I was super tired. No, I had a good time. I was just like really fucking worn out and didn't want to do anything. And then Tony's like, nah, get your fucking ass in the car. We're going. I'm like, all right, fine. Um, but no, I did have a good time. But at any rate, I got into. Uh, at one point, we were talking about beers, and I just kind of, like, offhandedly mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I just, like, really don't like German beers. I think German beers are not good. Uh, and this girl was, like, ready to throw hands with me. Wow. Because <laughs> like, she's from Germany. And yeah, I was like, is she German? Beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's German and very into German beers. <laughs> I was ready to throw hands. Well, that's great. See, that's a golden opportunity. You, you should have said, well, I, I don't think I like German beers, but hey, if you take me out for some German beers sometime, maybe you could change my mind. Bumbled the bag. His mind doesn't go there. He, yeah. he does, his mind does not go there. He goes, "Oh, opinion, argument. Let's go." Yeah. <laughs> True. And to be honest, what, the jokes I make about those kinds of things on podcast, I do one out of twenty times in real life. So, like, I will do that sometimes, but not very. But God, often those one out of twenty, they hit. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they hit different. Kind of like Hunter yeah. shots and Valorant. <laughs> that, oh. is that is some gap. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing very well for the start of this for the past couple weeks and this past like week and a half I just didn't play at all so the premier game performances yeah. out of me yesterday were not good in general I've been playing pretty solid though recently alright well we, we, we've got a couple more things to cover here before we actually get to some real foul talk I just couldn't miss the opportunity to throw some shade at Hunter oh yeah, uh, yeah of course as expected but, but Chase presumably you have a drink as well one would I, I do yes and you know you were saying that you know it needs to be a really special drink for episode yes. 100 See, I went with the. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, but um, I went with you know it's episode one hundred. I have to have a drink that I have you know all the time. It's representative of my time on Drunk Valorant. That's really what I was thinking when I selected this specifically for the podcast, and definitely not because I wanted to just drink it. And I didn't want to go to the liquor store again today to get more beer for the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm drinking a. Lone Tree Cider rhubarb that I've had like 12 times on the podcast because it's fucking delicious. Have you really um, had those that often? 
I don't know about 12. It's probably just a couple of times, but I I've definitely to, had them on I was on trying to figure out before. which varieties, which flavors of the Lone Tree Cider you had on pod. It, it, if I've had a Lone Tree Cider on pod, it was the rhubarb. Okay, because, because I that's couldn't, the one that I buy. Because I could mm-hmm. remember us discussing the different flavors, but I couldn't remember which flavor it was that you had in hand before. Yeah, the rhubarb is delicious, and uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, I also have a backup of Bullet Bourbon, so... Oh, nice. Oh, no, yeah. that's also a classic. Very special. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, if, uh, because, yeah, if memory serves, your your local liquor store doesn't have the widest selection of non-beers. Mm, no, they have, they have a pretty good selection of beers. Yeah, but they've got, like, as for, like, the wine coolers and, like... Yeah, I actually like, didn't go to that liquor store. I went to a smaller liquor store. There's, like, mm. four liquor stores in Nelson, which is a town of, like, 10,000 people. So I guess that probably makes sense. You know, smaller town, yeah. more liquor stores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, because they're one of the... Oh, God, I can't remember the term, but there's, like, some term for econ uh, of, like, there's certain goods that have, like, the inverse relationship with the economy in terms of demand. And like, Oh, yeah, so as the economy goes down, alcohol sales go up? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it has an inverse relationship to, like, standard goods, and there's, like, a specific term for the kind of goods that they are, and I just... It's slipping my mind right now. Um, I would say that might be like a micro. I, as someone who's never taken econ before, mm-hmm. I would say that I they, like uh, alcohol sales might have a in a short period of time higher rise, but over like general trend might be lower. It just might be at a like lower rate. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I doubt people stop drinking yeah. during when the economy is good. It's just that you know, yeah, yeah, yeah people may when the economy is bad and maybe people may be drinking more when the economy is bad. But I think that that's not sustainable if the economy is bad, yeah. right? Because alcohol oh, is still expensive. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. So I, I think that over a short period of time, possibly alcohol sales might rise. But if it's like over a larger period of time where the economy is going down, I think it probably like alcohol sales probably also go down, just maybe at a lower rate. Or well, I, I I wonder if that's kind of like offset by the fact that like instead of buying the like the three hundred dollar like from the people who have quite a bit of money. Right and aren't and are therefore proportionally more affected by how well the economy does, even if it doesn't really alter their daily life because they've got enough money. Um, but they're like, oh, well, like I don't know, I'm not not bringing in a ton of money right now. Maybe I shouldn't get that five hundred dollar bottle. But like, okay, that is what bottle is like, huh? That that's what sales are measured in cast do- dollars. So that does actually affect the- no 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 but i'm saying like they might still be purchasing like multiple bottles of like lesser quality stuff that adds up to more but it's like oh, in your I head you in your head you're like oh i'm not gonna splurge on the 500 dollars bottle right but then you end up because you're drinking more because like the economy's not doing as well or whatever reason right like you go through the shittier bottles faster and like the same way like i go through shittier bottles of alcohol faster and not necessarily like shittier, but like, like if I buy if I go out and I'm buying like a hundred dollar bottle of something, yeah, you're gonna savor it. You're not like savoring gonna... your thirty dollar bottle, exactly. But yeah, yeah, right, right, right. And so it's like you might end up actually spending more money just because you're going through it faster because it's not like a ooh fancy bottle. Um, I don't know. I'm just fucking throwing shit into the wind, you know. Yeah, I'll I'll t- add on to say uh, I had a very interesting conversation along somewhat similar lines with one of the owners of the very small liquor store across the street from me where I go all the time. And uh, he was, he was saying that there's currently at least in this area in the Northeast, 
a huge crash in the craft brewing, craft distilling market, just just kind of mirroring a lot of what's happening in the economy in general in terms of there being a bunch of like, you know, money being thrown around in the aftermath of COVID and then all of a sudden things are tightening up that like even though like liquor stores and like bars, like where you just get like, you know, your average run of the mill liquor are still going to do good in the recession. A lot of these more fancy places that are, you know, commanding a higher price than your normal alcohol, a lot of them are really struggling. And that actually kind of leads to, at least in, you know, surges here and there, cheaper prices at the liquor store because he was explaining how he was liquidating uh, some of his stock because, you know, he's not getting any more of it and it wasn't all that popular to begin with. Um, so yeah, a little, a little bit unfortunate for us, to, uh, uh, craft beer enthusiasts that we might be noticing some places closing in the next, uh, year or so, but we'll see. Uh, yeah. I think the, uh, the craft scene in Nelson's pretty strong. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it being a, a smaller town like that, it's one of those things where, you know, hopefully you can really get your roots in deep as long as you're successful. Yeah. There's a bit better of like, like the micro economy of the town is, you know, right. Yeah, is, also, there are not, fewer, not necessarily doing better, but is like they're a staple or whatever. You know? Yeah, they're also like fewer competitors, right? Like if you're a brewery in Vancouver, there's 50 other breweries I could go to, right? Right? Like there's there's so many other products from Vancouver I could purchase along the lines of craft beer, right? Uh, and you're like Parallel 49 is doing okay, but yeah, who knows about electric bicycle? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like electric bicycle, Callister Co. Like some of the smaller ones, streetcar, right? Like yeah, streetcar is pretty big. The yeah, venue I mean, isn't massive. Th- physically, I mean, they're very small. Yeah, yeah, physically they're very small, got but it, like name recognition in Vancouver, they're quite big. Those um, are very good. I enjoy going to them a lot. Yeah, streetcar is good. Yeah, yeah, I like. I really like. Like, I really like quite a few of their IPAs, and then their sours. I find are very hit or miss, but more often than not, a miss. Yeah, I, I mean, I like being sour I think for much them. Like is really sour weird. Game. Yeah, I mean they're hit or miss for like some the one fact that cast. if it's a uh, yeah. if it's a sour that it sounds like I like, it's gonna hit. But if they make a lot of sours that I also am like, I'm never gonna buy that because I'm not going to like a jelly bean sour. Like I just well, know there, that I'm not gonna like that. There, there were a few that like sounded very up my alley, and then I got, and I was not. Hmm. Like, I haven't had that experience bad. personally. Like they but. weren't bad, but I wasn't. I definitely wasn't like, ooh, like I I, I really fuck with this, which. Based off the name and the description, I thought I really was going to enjoy it. Yeah, the, the um, jelly bean sour that I had from them when I was over there was very interesting because it didn't taste like jelly beans at all, but, like, it was good. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, enough with our side podcast, Drunk Economics. Yeah. Cass, yeah. what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking a collaboration between two breweries I'm very much a fan of, uh, being Small Gods and Fieldhouse Brewing. Oh, its name is Pyrrhic Victory, which like I really like the name of. I think that's a cool name. Um, it's a triple IPA coming in at a nice strong ten percent. Um, mm-hmm. about you know similar strength to their sour. Man, I would have liked it yeah. so much better <laughs> if they called the if they called it uh, Pyrrhic Defeat. Mm. Because Pyrrhic Victory is kind of depressing. It's like it sounds like a bad beer. <laughs> <laughs> but, like Pyrrhic Defeat would really make you think for a minute. Yeah. Uh, a Pyrrhic victory is one that inflicts such a devastating toll on the victor that it is tantamount to defeat. In making this winner of a beer, we broke the bank by loading it with a triple dose of nectarine, 
HBC 1019 and Sabro Hops. Oh, so the idea so, is it's a Pyrrhic victory for them, not yeah, the person it's a drinking Pyrrhic victory the beer. Yeah, it's a Pyrrhic victory that they made a phenomenal beer, but it is... Uh, very expensive for them. Very expensive for them to produce. That's what um, they want you to think. <laughs> so it, it is Pyrrhic, like, like Pyrrhus, but with like one more electron? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? Oh my god. God, I, that was I one of my least favorite classes in college was always chemistry. So uh I'm, I'm not, not going to say I enjoyed chemistry by any means. But yeah. I get what you're going for, but like mm, that was a shot and a miss, Chase. Much like fact, Cassie's shot backwards. <laughs> well, I, I'm really just saying I don't know what Pyrrhic means. So <laughs> Oh, oh, Pyrrhic is like the way they described it, like, it on the can was quite good. Yeah, like literally, yeah. yeah, the description on the can is quite good. Like a Pyrrhic victory is one that inflicts such a devastating toll on the victor that it is tantamount to defeat. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, it cost you so much to get, like, you won, but at what cost? To be honest, like, I, I was thinking about how I didn't know what Pyrrhic meant, but then I was thinking about my joke, so I didn't hear the description <laughs> on the can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, to be honest, I've never heard the word Pyrrhic used outside of the one phrase Pyrrhic victory. So, like, yeah. it might be one of those older words that's fallen out of use except for the saying. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, it's like when you, uh, I don't know. I had, like, a good way to describe this, but, like, it's kind of also not really. Yeah, I mean, the easiest examples are in in the literal military, like, yeah. like the Battle of Antietam and the American Civil War, where... The Confederates technically uh, won the battle. It won but... the battle, but lost the war. Exactly. Yeah. They lost too many soldiers. And <laughs> mm-hmm. so even though they took the ground that the battle was fought over, it was devastating to the their chances to win the overall war. It, it was a pure, So then it was a Pyrrhic victory for... The Confederates. Yeah. The Confederates. Because they, okay. liter- they literally won the battle, but it wasn't okay. worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um... Beer good? Beer good. <laughs> Does not taste like a 10 percenter. Uh, which field house is quite good at doing. They're like, holy fuck, there's a lot of flavor in it. Um, yeah, it's not It's not hazy. Like, it's not, it's definitely not a beer you could fucking work your way through. So, like, as far as 10% mm-hmm. goes, it's got, it, it's got that aspect to it. But it yeah, doesn't it's like a heavy, the, very hoppy beer. Yeah, like very heavy, very hoppy, but it doesn't have the um this is tough to drink feeling. Which like I've had the uh Chase, you remember Haifa project? They used to have very loud, like splotchy cans. Yeah, I, I know the I, I remember them, yeah. Yeah. Um so somebody gave me one and he just like picked it out of the fridge because it was like a double IPA came in at like yeah again, like around ten percent. And, like, like, that was a tough drink. Um, he got it for me when we were just going to hang out at the beach uh, to, like, say goodbye to him because he was flying off to university in, like, a day or whatever. But um, I was just sitting there, like, sipping on it. I'm like, man, this is this is tough going down. This The beer that I have right now is not that. But That's nice. I don't, like, maybe you could push it to two. I'd be impressed if you could, if you would willingly order a third if you were at the brewery to get this. I see, I see. Like you, you would, you would definitely need a change of pace. Um, 
But I think for the duration of this beer, it will be quite tasty. Yeah, the next time one of you guys is out here in the summer, we got I got to get you guys a Hoptimum. I believe it's a yeah, it's eleven percent incredibly hoppy IPA, which is kind of the gold standard for me in terms of like. Have I not had that before? This one. I, I don't I know. I feel like you've had, had it on the podcast before. Uh, I've I've had it on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, okay. I mentioned it in this fall because I didn't realize it was a summer drink, so I only remembered it when I had missed it and was very sad. So okay. I had it, like, last year. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to present you guys with an idea that you're just going to kind of keep in the back of your mind, and then we're going to circle back to this later. Okay. 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 Um, and we are moving on to the Valorant topics now, just for anybody who's listening. I assume. Uh, yeah. So I want you guys to come up with either your favorite moment or something that has stood out to you the most when we rec- when while we were recording this podcast or a topic that we came up with just what stood out to you the most that you want to harken back on um Ooh. and like like i said like we're not going to touch this topic now so just let that simmer and while we're going on with our conversations and other topics and whatnot just uh, we'll we'll circle back to that. So no need to rack your brain too hard. Um, but yeah, just like kind of what what comes to mind when I say that, you know. And I'll give you some time to think about it. Um, the first thing that I want to get into right now is crouching. Oh, as a mechanic. Yeah. Because I've started to consciously. Mix in some crouching in my games. And I would like to say that I've seen some success, but it could also just be confirmation bias. Now, okay, crouching is like one of these things I think that like we were talking about either last episode, maybe a couple episodes ago, where we were talking about how things are like bad and then good and then bad as you go up in ELO. Yeah. Um or- where, you know, you start playing the game and people have, like, a habit, I probably from CS, I I think, of, of crouch, like, crouch spraying. Yeah, it's helpful in CS. So, people think, like, oh, FPS, you know, I can crouch spray. That That's, like, a thing, right? So, at, at low elos, people people are doing it. And, and it's bad. Because it, 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 locks you, it locks you in spot. You can't move around you're, like, as well. You're, uh, you know... Your your aim's not good, so you're probably not hitting the shot anyway. And they just have you know more time to to like zero in on you, and you're not moving around. Your movement's not very good. I was gonna say, then, I think a really low elo, it's actually good. I would kind of agree okay. So that. maybe it's more of a roller coaster than I'm giving it. Yeah, I think it's like, a little more of a roller coaster. But there is an elo where it's bad. Yes. and then so then it gets instilled to you: never crouch, never like never hit the crouch button, unbind it from your keyboard. That that was literally said so many times. Like I just need right. to unbind crouch. Like you know, people people say that all the time. Um, and so then it gets to a point. I think in like our elo, like gold plat, where crouching actually becomes kind of good again. Because anytime someone crouches against me, I am not fucking expecting it. My crosshair is where their head should be. And their head is no longer there. When people yeah. start having good crosshair placement, then it becomes good again. And then, like, you get up to the higher ranks, and then that's why people told you to not unbind crouch in the first place, because it's the similar thing that someone's going to hit that shot. 
And then I would say the very highest, I think there's one more step. I think at the very highest ranks, then crouching becomes, you know, worked in very much a part of being, you know, great mechanically that oftentimes, I think the big difference is that if you look at someone who's in bronze, who's crouching, you know, they peak an angle and they immediately then stop and crouch and just, you know, unload like 10 bullets or more, oftentimes more. Whereas like, if you look at the top pros who, who crouch a good bit, especially if they're using a van, uh, a phantom, um, they're often mixing in crouches where they will move, crouch, spray, you know, seven bullets and then uncrouch and move again. Like they're, they're still being mobile just when they have the time to fire more than a couple bullets, they're crouching. Um, and there's some other times as well, or, or sometimes they're not even using it for affecting how they're firing, but they're just, you know, tapping it while fight, while, uh, tap firing to just make it very difficult to headshot them. So like... Yeah, I, th- I think at the very top levels, you sh- definitely need to be crouching at times to be as good as you can be. Yeah, I think that I... I feel like, yeah, I initially picked up the habit from... Like, yes, I, as Chase was saying, spraying in CS, where you... I just kind of got to know, and then I started doing the same thing when I swapped over to Valorant. Um, yeah, Cass has always been a croucher. I think more than, than Hunter and I. Cass is... Yeah, but like I learned, I learned the timing at which I can crouch, and then it effectively resets my recoil to their head. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. you were talking about that back in when we were all. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, like you're saying, everybody tells you like, oh, just unbind crouch. Like you, like don't ever like crouch fire. Like movement is such an important aspect to gunfights. Like you need to be as mobile as possible. Crouching just like screws that over, and so then I you know, just went into a bunch of death matches. I didn't literally unbind crouch, but I just, like, didn't touch the crouch button. And I think for the longest time, like, yeah, I just would not crouch at all in, in gunfights. Um, and then, I guess kind of what I was getting at is, like, I have now started doing it at closer range gunfights. Like, less than 15 meters. That's pretty close. Yeah. I've yeah. started, like, mixing in some crouching, especially when you're, uh... Maybe not expecting somebody to show up on your screen where they showed up at. And I found that it's, at least according to my own confirmation bias, uh, you know, helping me out in those scenarios. Where neither of us were really expecting to see anybody. We're most likely going to be full spraying. And my spray is just going to be a bit better than yours is now. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I've found that helpful lately. I've kind of started mixing it in at like the very close range gunfights. Um, or if, like, I, I've always kind of done it with an op on certain angles, just as like a slight mix up. If I think somebody's going to like try to swing and pre fire whatever angle I might be opping, especially when I'm not playing jet chamber, and I can be standing in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Um, I like to mix in a crouch every once in a while. It's, you know, you might have to readjust to my head when you swing the angle. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I, I found it at least, like I was saying, I think it's been helping me out, but I can't say for sure. I mean, I can see it. I, I don't touch my crouch button. Um, Unless I need to crouch through sewers on Pearl. 
<laughs> yeah, it's often, it, you, how often are you there? Um, rarely. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely go through it on you know obviously you go through it on defense pre round sometimes, but like on offense, I feel like I I hit it up once or twice every game. So you feel you know test the waters a little bit, see how well they're defending it because it can be very powerful if they forget about it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Chase, I was I'm very I was very surprised when you said that you think that Cass crouches more than me and you because I definitely crouch a lot and I used to back when I first started playing Valorant I used to do it all the time. Um, part of that well, also you had Odin to do main. right exactly yeah <laughs> it synergized very well with using an Odin um, and I'm realizing that like I was really breaking that habit right as I started playing with you guys because right as I started playing with you guys I was thinking like I'd like to try out rifling more. And when I was on a Smurf playing with you guys as you were leveling up back when, you know, you had to be four ranks apart uh, with the accounts, um, I very often was deliberately not buying the Odin and, and using rifles more and also not crouching because I was trying to, you know, use those guns where they're supposed to be used. But I, I, still, yeah. I still crouch a decent bit. And honestly, it makes me happy that you thought I you think I don't crouch very, as much as Cass because that's a, a good sign to me that I'm not... Maybe Cass is just more much. vocal about it, because Cass yeah, would all, be. often talk about how cool his crouching, you know, was because it was going to reset his aim as soon as, <laughs> as he brought up, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, a couple of minutes ago, yeah. which I was also going to bring up, because that that's, like, something that you said probably 30 times yeah, um, at one point in our playing history. Um, and then I was like, cool, cool, not doing that. <laughs> but... <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I feel like because I've always every- been like a tap fire or two. So. Yeah, right. I right. feel like the reason everybody tells you to do that is because, like, they don't want to. Or like, if you're watching videos in which people are telling you to not use crouch, it's probably because you're trying to rank up and are therefore not at a very high elo to begin with. Right. Right. And yeah, you know, like diamond. Ascendant, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like you're not immortal three slash radiant, and therefore mm-hmm. you suck at the game. Uh, yeah, we went over this couple podcasts. Help you, but too many people view it that way. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's a thing. Of like, oh, it's like if you're watching these videos, it's like you're probably at a lower rank. You're trying to work your way up, um, and it's yeah, it's a bad habit, and I feel like it's something that very easily bleeds into being a habit yeah, of just crouch spraying every gunfight. Which is why I kind of preface this topic by saying that I've kind of tried to, like, mix it in consciously instead of just panicking into a crouch spray. Yeah, it might, yeah, it might yeah. be that you're trying to get to the ability level in Valorant where you can consciously mix something in. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Right? Before it's actually good. Because... Under that, then it is it's habit forming, and you don't want to be doing it in every scenario, and you don't want to be doing it in most scenarios. But it's something mm-hmm. that, like, you know, could be good as a mix up, or in very specific scenarios. So, like, you know, you'd have to be aware that this is the time to do it. Yeah, yeah, kind of like yeah. I was gonna say like in melee, fox fair is not good, but if you used to get as a mix up, like eh, I can can work it it can work out you know yeah i mean i think there's probably an example in any video game like that Mm. yeah i was gonna say that like across video games and across uh you know actual sports as well it's one of the common things that people say when you're learning the game and getting better that at a certain point the game starts slowing down for you 
where it's not everything isn't coming at you so fast that you can't really tell you know you're overwhelmed you can't really tell what's going on you can't process what's happening first and then be able to make decisions about that and you know we see that when it comes to sometimes when we play with like Tony and Doobie although Doobie's been getting way better recently Doobie's been popping off recently Doobie has been popping yeah <laughs> he's been popping really like Doobie really hard. grind yeah um but like, yeah, you know, you see it where people just, there's something that seems obvious to us three and we're like, why didn't you do X? And you know, it, it just wasn't in their mind. It's because yeah, the, the amount of information coming in is like too overwhelming, which we were all at the point of that. And mm-hmm. we are still yeah. at that point for certain situations. And I'm sure yeah. it, it gets better as you, uh, as you get better, obviously. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, it, it, it is interesting to see that in other people where you're, yeah, you understand how, the sound of the footstep and the gunshot in this direction and the fact that the KJ turret is pointed in this direction. Like for us, you know, you can see that and understand what that means for where the enemy is positioned, but Mm -hmm. that's just too much information to take in and understand if you don't know the game that well. Yeah. I noticed that a lot for like, when you like look at like where spikes planted, like if I'm retaking a site and like maybe my, I was anchoring the other site, you know, it's happened a lot. I'm playing Cypher lately. Um, I was anchoring the other site. I show up and it's now a 1v1 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, just by looking at where Spike's planted, I can somewhat safely eliminate, like, 50% of the angles I can be at. But those reopen up when you when you consider people doing mix-ups where they, they're yeah, exactly. to like, catch th- you off guard. But... Yeah, those will reopen themselves up later. But like right. you, you can you can kind of look at where Spike's planted and be like, okay, well, there I don't or like it. It would be bad to clear these three angles. Yeah, because they're they're retake. useless, and if they are there, I might have an extra half second to react because it's not planted for them or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, actually, there was a there was a Wahujin video I saw. I want to say like two days ago. Where he was going over um, someone opping. I was just like talking about how like there is something that was reinforcing like a bad habit in him, which is he missed the initial op shot and then didn't rotate off, but ended up getting a three k by staying on that site. And he's like, "Look, like, and this was like an ascendant to a mortal player that he was reviewing." And he's like, look, like, if you're pushing for Radiant, like, this is awful. And, like, this situation is reinforcing the mindset that, like, oh, this is good. I just got a 3K. Right, Like, right. I did well here. But it's like, you should be fucking halfway across the map when you get your first kill. Because no one in their right mind at higher elos is going to be dry peeking into your awe. And so right, it's once like they know that it's there. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like in, in the exact same way of, like, like, when you see where Spike's planted, it's like, okay, these, like, 30% of angles or whatever, like, I don't need to worry about. They're not fucking playing there. Like, Spike's planted over here. There's no way they're going to fucking be there. And then maybe you have to reconsider the mix-up idea when you get into, like, much higher ELO. Right, um, right. Of, like, oh, like, maybe they're willing to give you half defuse on the Spike plant to just, like... Be in a location. Be, that, yeah, be in a location that, like, you don't even consider. I mean, I don't um, say that that's much higher ELO, because I think all three of us do that. Right, Right, yeah. like, 
there are often times where I will smoke plant right outside my smoke and then like you know push back the war the way that I came, you know, to be like oh you know they they planted uh, the a- after like rotating away from my site, um, they're going to like plant and then hold for long most likely, and so I plant for long and then I push back toward the other way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is especially useful if you're in like a 1vx scenario, like a 1v3, yeah. where you really need to get that first kill for free for it to be realistic. Because yeah, I, I, I feel like that's a big thing. When you're in like a 1vx, it's like, okay, I need to be playing risky to begin with. Right. Because if they play correctly, they I win. can't win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you need to play inherently risky. But I feel like if you're in a 1v1, and like they can't save the last guy alive... Isn't a smokes agent, and they yeah. You probably just should be playing long. It's like you probably should just be playing long and playing for time. It it's like that's just the percentage play right there. Is like I'm gonna jiggle spike. I'm not gonna commit to a duel, and like I'm just gonna fuck with them because in a one v one, if they don't have smokes or like any los denial, like you should have that every day of the week. Yeah, or at least it's it's favored to you. Yeah. I in, 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 in which case you're taking a, a gun duel instead that might catch them off guard, but also might be completely unfavorable to you. Mm-hmm. In the other scenario where, you, where you're trying to do the mix-up. Yeah, and, and that's where my own personal play style comes into the mix. Not saying that any of that is wrong, but like I, one of the, my least favorite things is just taking fair aim duels. <laughs> so like, I, oh, I, I always like to try that. to, what'd you say? I love that. I know. I know. Yeah. So like, <laughs> uh, you know, trying to get that mix up, not necessarily playing somewhere that puts me in a super awkward spot, but not playing long, but playing on site in a corner where I can also peek it quickly. Something like that. Uh, I, I, I do not like playing in a one V one on the expected position. I, I kind of hate that even though it's a good Hunter way eight. to go. I just don't like doing it. Hunter eight's planting in the expected position. Yes, yes, that that even is true as well. Even if it's the best possible plant spot, he hates doing it. But, Hunter but, will plant in a worse plant spot just to be like, ah, I'm different. No, no, I will plant in a spot that is a mix-up and is also more defensible, given the given the situation. Like, I'm not going to plant somewhere where it's like, oh, well, we, we all are in the other spot. It's just that Cass refuses to budge from the, the meta when it comes to the plant. We can all be fucking C long on Haven and Hunter will plant for CT. And just be like, hey, no. you guys take the spike. We don't uh, want that. That I don't is think completely so. incorrect. <laughs> I mean, he would at least call, yeah. hey, I'm planting for backside before doing that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I like to think that Hunter's, Hunter's muted and he just doesn't know. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, I'm planting for C long. Everybody push up on the site. <laughs> Four yeah. stacks, C long. Right. I, I might do that in the situation where um, the, we think the enemy is flanking rather than coming through their spawn. So that way it takes that, them that much longer to clear sight and realize what's going on. But hopefully my mic would work, because if it didn't, then yeah, that could be very bad. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you shit, but... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anybody got anything to... Any closing topics? Oh, closing topics? Yeah. Um, yeah. The one thing I want to... No, no, do- sorry. Closing I- ideas to that topic. Oh, I, I, I was like, oh, I was like okay. closing topics. Didn't we just start this podcast? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I episode one hundred is short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the topic? Crouching? <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything yeah, else yeah, on yeah, crouching. Yeah. yeah, no. 
Okay, cool. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is um, somebody on Reddit brought up the idea of uh, if agents didn't have voice lines for their alt. Mm. I saw this Which one. alts get dramatically improved. Yeah, and the person um, gave the worst example of, of all time. They said Sage Sage's alt would be a lot better. As if you wouldn't notice the addition yeah, of the person yeah, alive on the yeah, enemy. Yeah, that's an awful, yeah, <laughs> right, that's an awful right. fucking... Terrible, terrible. Yeah, uh, yeah. that one's the most noticeable. Raze would be very good. Yeah. That. I like the thought of Chambers being very good, but that would only be good for one pick. Right. It because would be very good for one pick, but it would be the same as just having them bought an op, or them having bought an op. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like, ah, you know, they're... But it's on, it's on an eco or something. You check their eco, you do like, you're like, ah, he can't afford an op, and then bang. But I feel like that's one of the ones that you look out for the most. At least I do. Because if you pre-pop chamber alt, the character icon glows green. Right, right. Yeah. Because he's using his alt. Uh, yeah, like every so, so it's something that would have to happen mid round that you might not notice the the bar at the top changing. Like, yeah, I like, mean, um, I think Phoenix Alt would be very strong because normally yeah. when a Phoenix Alt is, you're yeah. like, I either want to get a quick peek or hide. But if you just see someone stomping towards you, you, you well, not see, you hear someone stomping towards you, and you're like, oh, I guess I got to take the fight, and it's Phoenix Alt. And you're like, ah, dang it. I think. Uh, yeah, actually, that that does definitely improve Phoenix Holt, because oftentimes you're like, fuck, run. Don't don't engage <laughs> yeah, with Phoenix yeah. Holt. He's going to respawn back where he... Anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Yor- Yoru alt and, like, Omen alt. Just in terms of getting into... Omen alt? Yes. Okay, well, people talk about Omen's alt, but, like, it, it like, blocks out your fucking... Minimap. Mini-map. Oh, true, true. So, like, you would re- absolutely know. recognize that. Yeah, so like, you'd kind of recognize that, which like doesn't make it quite as good, but then if you catch somebody with a paranoia, it does the same thing to their mini-map anyway. Yeah, but, like, they, but they can still see in this instance. I think that, yeah, the, you, you're gonna know if the Omen's ulting if it still does the, the yeah. fuzzy comms thing. Yeah, oh right. shoot, I, I, think I, I think I realized what the strongest one in the game would be, quite possibly. Well, the strongest buff, not the strongest ult. Um, yeah, yeah. Would be to Gecko's ult. Yeah, people people mentioned Gecko's ult. Yeah, because if you don't know that you need to be aware of the detain shark coming at you, like, man, that's brutal. And all, all of a sudden you just hear... you're like oh fuck (laughs) yeah you you go to you go to plant uh you go to plant spike and then the shark just jumps around the corner (laughs) i mean it's pretty loud but like yeah yeah um also deadlock ult would be nicely buffed but i don't think it's like hugely transformative i don't think deadlock's ult is like significant enough to like warrant I don't know. It's one of those alts that I feel like got like way too overhyped when Deadlock got like released. Cause like yeah, the mechanics of it were very unclear. Yeah, and also like it's really cool mechanically. Like I, I I think it's really like I think it's a very cool alt. And I like I think the alt's by far and away the most fun part of her kit. Oh yeah, but and like oftentimes like yeah, if you know where somebody is, like it's a pretty safe kill in terms of. Either you catch them and nobody on their team shoots them out, or if you do get shot, like, the few times that I have been shot, well, okay. Out of the few times I've been caught by a deadlock alt, the fewer times among those that I have been shot out of a deadlock alt, I am fucked. 
Yeah, you're in the middle of sight, surrounded by four right. defenders. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like getting out of an ISO alt, where you're just like, ah, even if I win this, I'm fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, in certain situations, but like, I don't know, like, like, I, I guess I have a really hard time placing the value on that because, like, a guaranteed free kill off barrier drop in Valorant would be by far and away the strongest alt in the game. What would be? Like, if it was a guaranteed kill. Like, no questions asked. Right? Well, yeah. Sure. Like, I'm just saying, if they released an agent tomorrow who you start the round, you press your alt button, somebody on the other team dies. Yeah, I don't think that's a hot take. I would fully agree. Yeah, like, yeah, that would be that the strongest alt. That would be the strongest yeah. alt in the game, right? And Deadbox alt offers you that potential... It's just really hard to reach said potential. I mean, yeah, you don't really you use it. You could say the, the rip, same though. about a yeah. lot of different ults. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, if you yeah. hit them off barrier drop, they're probably getting shot out, and they're probably in a location where it doesn't matter if they got shot out because there's four other people there. They're going to shoot them out quickly, and they're still not bu- like around from the cover. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like it's how- just. Depends how nerdy your lineup is. Well, and how many people are playing around them. Yeah, I mean, if you guys swing a main on, like, Ascend, you're getting brought out towards Orb. Immediately. Yeah, but, like, it it takes a second, and there are three people Mm. behind them, like, also ready to swing. Like, it... I feel like it. It's and then you not combo exactly with a raise alt, so there's a fucking raise alt flying at you when you try to free your teammate. I'm saying raise alt is almost a better example of what <laughs> yeah, you're trying to sure. say because sure. as barrier drops, you can just fire the raise rocket. I mean, the raise rocket is there. Yeah, the, the raise rocket is one of the only alts in the game that you see clips of people getting like five second aces from the start of the round with. Although it's not mm. common by any means. Like, I, like I've seen I it do with think a that's the best example of what you're saying with like a deadlock, but yes. Oh, Sova ult and deadlock ult? Or is, no, no, sorry. Sova ult with um, ISO. Yeah, with ISO. Yeah, because oh, you, oh. you vault. ISO paranoia is a line. The one Sova ult kills. Yeah. I have not seen that. That's, that's really strong. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if I've seen all five, but I've seen, a, I've seen an immediate 4K and then the Sova finished it off for the ace. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to try that on Lotus. Yeah. But for like A? Um, Lotus, uh, A site, yes. Yeah. Uh, just A main? Because, mm-hmm. uh, because the ISO can vulnerable from breakable? Yeah. It's just a yeah. really easy setup for that, but. The, the vulnerable, like, to sidebar here, I think the vulnerable on ISO is, like, a really interesting ability, because I think it's, like, probably his strongest ability. But I think it's one that yeah. you almost have to disrespect. Depends on the circumstances, but I I still think that it's not super strong. Like my opinion is after after seeing it in the game, like I still I think it's better than I originally thought, but I don't think it's good still. That's what I think about a lot of ISO's abilities when someone brings up like a way that it's his abilities are good. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's better than I thought it would be, but it doesn't make it good. No, I think, yeah. like, because the other two sources of vulnerable in the game come from Killjoy Alarmbot Viper and Molly. Viper Mollies. 
this is a much more. Yeah, I just don't I'm think fucking, vulnerable is a super strong debuff. As, as vulner, uh, for a yeah, it is a, it's like, a strong debuff. I, I, I think that it, yeah, you disrespect it. Yeah, yeah, I think like you're you're almost forced to disrespect it. Because at a certain level, someone was going to head tap me anyway. That's that's still what yeah. I think. Okay, and like which granted, yes, but the, also the well, if I treat this the same way I would an omen paranoia or whatever, like I'm giving them too much space. Oh, definitely, yeah. And so I feel like you're right. you're forced to disrespect it, or you're forced to disrespect it, but it's still a very strong ability. I, I would say it's a, it's a it's a decent ability. I'm not sure if I'm good with you there to say it's very strong. Like I think at the pro levels, it's or not even pro, but the higher levels you go, where you have more util combination, it's you know much better because. In the same way of like seize nade lineups and similar mm-hmm. concepts, like yeah, that. much better for util effectiveness. Yes, yeah. but not very good for gun duel effectiveness. I think it's good for gun duel effectiveness when you treat it the same way you would any breach utility, which is I don't peek off it. Yeah, someone else swings off. Someone it else swings a off. Extra. This. Yeah, yeah. I think it works very well when I would prefer any breach utility. I fully agree. You've seen plenty of clips of people full breach stun just one tap and three people as they swing into an angle. Well, they get one good shot. Yeah, but also yes, those are also that's plenty of clips. That doesn't mean it happens a high percentage of the time. Yeah, I would I would prefer them be stunned, blind, or moving out of the way, which are the three breach. I don't like moving. I don't like moving out of the way. Well, it, it depends on where it is. If it's like, you know, if there's a wide open space and they just can't be in a small percentage of that and it doesn't help me, like, aim my crosshair, mm. that's different than if, like, there's one spot they're likely to be that now they can't, and that likely puts them in an awkward position. Which is They where can't be there, and they are likely there. moving. Oh, okay. Right, I, right. I like them moving away in terms of, like, they're not moving to behind cover. No, I mean, like, they are they are likely moving. Yeah, okay. And, while, while you and they are not in yeah, this yeah. place. Okay, okay, yeah, right. okay, I see. You're talking about the Aftershock. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was initially thinking you were talking about them dodging a Breach stun. Oh, no, no, I was saying that the, the three pieces of, of utility yeah, yeah, are yeah. stun, flash, yeah, yeah, yeah. moving out yeah. of the way. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay, I see I see what you're saying now. So I was like, no, like, I don't want you to unpeak this angle. I want that yeah. duel. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's, like, I mean, okay, there's got to be ways to, like, bait people into peaking angles is breach. When you, like, concuss a line, but they can see which line is being concussed. Or, like, similar with, like, Neon. It's like, oh, if I don't want to get concussed, I need to move into this angle. And if I move into this angle, like, I'll still have full accuracy because I'm not concussed or anything. But then there's, like, an op down that line or something. Yeah. I I wonder if anybody's, like, big-brained it enough for that. Yeah, you know, the thing Probably. that comes to mind when you said that in terms of adjusting based on how people are playing in response to utility mm-hmm. was that comp game we played on Lotus where we were just waiting out the raise nade A main every time and not challenging. So one time we're just waiting it out. Cass has, is like in his cam as Cypher or, you know, doing whatever. I don't know. And Raze like walks way up before she throws the nade and she throws the nade like directly on Cass in lobby. <laughs> he just died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like a really deep nade in the yeah, lobby. She threw it so fucking deep. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's deleted. Full health. Yeah, that was that, that was, was, that was, that was really tough. smart. That was, that was really tough, smart. Yeah. yeah, that was a great adjustment to how we were playing to realize that she could afford to do that fairly risk free. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Which, y- like... Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I do really like agents who can break into rubble on... Yeah. Uh, yeah, on, on Lotus. Being Yoru being very nice for Oh, can Omen, we get... Jet... Sorry, what? No, uh, yeah, Omen, Jet... Rays. Rays. Neon, maybe. And... Not as effectively. Yeah, can Neon beat the Seas? Is the question. I I think I think yes. Yes, but yes, yeah. But Neon also kind of needs to wall up to get across that angle. I I would argue that Neon walling up there is. I think Neon isn't great for this purpose because if Neon walls up there, she actually really helps the defense push up because it's still going to be a minute before she can get to the other side of Rubble and even longer before the rest of her team can. So I I I feel like there are definitely rounds where you just want to blind slide across. Yeah, I don't know. I I haven't played enough neon to know how viable the blind or like just the slide across in the open is. It, it is worse than dying. a blast pack or a dash. Yeah, because yes. yeah, like it, you're kind of peeking from a you know known place, whereas you know dash and blast pack are either fast or very like variable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the neon is not quite as fast and less variable, so it's you're like more likely to get hit, but it's better than running across, like hopping across. Yeah, yeah, I I think the I think running across is not in the cards here. Yeah. That wasn't a card you were dealt. <laughs> no, but it, I'm saying it's it yeah, I, I understand what you mean. It's a card you were dealt, it's just a card you shouldn't play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's bad always card. Always in, in your head. head. We're playing um, Euchre, you should not open the nine of Trump when you didn't make it. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't do it. Euchre is the game that I played with you guys, right? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we I, play I just a, couldn't well, remember what it was. We I played a lot remember. of Euchre, but yes. Mm-hmm. At any rate, you don't do that. You yeah. also don't open left, but like that's a whole nother discussion. Um <laughs> Welcome well, to drug I, card so playing. I've, that's what we do every night okay um uh i was what i was getting into earlier that cast stopped me at at uh and i wanted him to finish his point was uh i wanted to get into cass's omen arc oh Oh, yeah yeah, yes yes this is worth noting for sure because he was bringing up he loves how people can get across to to rubble and you know who can do that is omen because he's been playing a lot more omen I have, here's the deal. I'm going to go take a really quick piss. You guys discuss my Omen arc, and I'll hear what you guys are saying, and then I'll come back and add my own in- interpretation on it. Sounds good. Yeah, I guess, I guess I will say, to sort of set the stage here, because this relates to my resurgent Yoru arc as well, let me just say, uh, at the risk of sounding like I'm gassing you up, Chase, um, it is incredibly nice that the single most important role in any team comp, the smoke character is just always there whenever we're playing with you. <laughs> that allows so yeah. much flexibility in who we play without throwing. Um, and I think that's definitely a big part of Cass's Omen arc because he is not playing Omen as the primary smoker. Uh, and that's why he's enjoying Omen versus not in the past. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cass did play a lot of Omen at some point in his past, kind of early on. And then he tried it out a couple more times after he'd stopped playing and he was like, I fucking hate playing smokes. This is the most bullshit thing. I'm paying attention to my minimap, figuring out where to play, place fucking smokes. <laughs> yeah. So what we realized, um, 
there's kind of a couple of steps to it. Is that in Premiere, uh, we started playing on a couple of maps, uh, Brim Omen. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it worked out with one of our other teammates and just me on, play, playing Omen and me on Brim. Um, and we really liked the ability of having two smokers. Now, the way that we play it in Premiere is different than how we play it with Cass, but it, it kind of got us used to double smoke comps a little bit more. Um, yeah. And definitely the Brim Omen comps. Because um, in Premiere, we, we go more of like, a, we're both smokers and we, we're both... Tokers too. What? Mid midnight tokers? Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah, we we were both like you know, placing the the default smokes, and we can discuss like, oh, I'm I'm gonna smoke off this angle this time. I'm gonna smoke off this angle this time, and, and we kind of just have double the smokes to to do that with. Um. Then Cass was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in. I'm going to play a smoker, but I'm going to never smoke any of the other shit. And uh, it's also working quite well, I think. Because I am going to put the default smokes as if I'm playing single smoke brim uh, on any map. So I'm just going to like play like that. And Cass is going to play like initiator style slash duelisty style. Yeah, like flex style, yeah. Yeah, I'm like just gonna flex- do whatever the fuck I want. He's nice gonna do whatever the fuck that. he wants, and if he needs a smoke for it, he'll he'll drop a smoke for himself. Right, like that. That's it. And he knows already that the common angles that I'm always going to smoke in every game are still going to be smoked, so he doesn't have to worry about that. And he can still call call for me to smoke something as if he were playing any agent that doesn't have smokes himself. But then, you know, he wants to drop a smoke and TP into it. He can do that. He wants to drop a one way for himself in a certain angle. He can do that. Um, which I I think is cool. Yeah, it it it's been nice. It it, it got entirely started by uh, I was playing with. Oh man, was I? I think I was playing with Chase and maybe Doobie, um, on my alt account, and I don't have any agents unlocked, like at all. I have Omen unlocked, but like, mm-hmm. Jet got insta locked over me. And I was like, oh, well, I'm on my own. I'm not going to fucking dodge. Um, so, yeah, I went with the Omen. And, yeah, it was kind of nice. Like, it, it started out by Chase and I. I was like, oh, shit, I'm playing Smokes. I'm like, oh, oh, they're coming C. Shit, I need to drop a Smoke C. And then I'd throw a Smoke C, and Chase would also drop the Smoke C. Uh, and then we'd be like, oh, fuck, like, we just doubled up our Smokes or whatever. And then we just kind of came to the conclusion that, like, Chase is just going to do whatever he's going to do with smokes. And then I'm just going to fucking use the smokes for myself. Uh, yeah. Which, being in a double controller comp, specifically dome two dome smokers, instead of one of them being a wall smoker. Um, like, if you're going to play a double smokes on Breeze, uh, you might need a little more. One of them should be a wall, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's more just that, like, you probably need a bit of protocol on, like, this is what the wall smoker is doing, and this is what the dome smoker is doing. Yeah. Um, or on Breeze, I guess, if, if you're also going double smoke dome smokers, you're just trying to replace a wall with two dome smokers. Yeah, kind of. So you might need a little bit more coordination for that. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um... 
but yeah, playing two dome smokers is just very much like uh, like we did it on Sunset earlier today, and it worked out quite well because I was just like, "Hey Chase, I got top mid most rounds unless I call for you to smoke top mid," which is kind of nice because gonna... that's a default smoke I throw every round, basically. Yeah, and my smokes recharge, so like I can pseudo smoke top mid for free, and like when you're playing just single smokes omen. You might want both of your smokes for your sight exact. Definitely, Chase has yeah. the sight exact. Like Chase has sight exact covered as brim, and so I can freely throw that smoke top mid. I have two of them to begin with, um, and just do what I want. And I just, I just fucking worked mid like the entire game, um, and I was hitting some shots, which obviously helps out. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it it it's. It was very refreshing to play Smokes in a manner in which I was not concerned necessarily about what the rest of the team is doing, unless Chase is dead. In which case, I then become primary Smokes. But most of the time, Chase is not dead because of his playstyle, and therefore I can just kind of do my thing. Well, I mean, even if I do die, depending on like at what point in the round this is, if I die off the rip, which happens sometimes, but kind of rarely, then, yeah, you might be forced into that primary smoke role. But if I die sometime in the mid-round, you can decide whether you're going to switch, like, oh, we need normal smokes for the rest of this, or you can decide, I'm just going to play this as if we don't have another smoker and still do the same shit. Right, right. I know, because, yeah, I got a... I know, I got, like, really, really good timing in one of the rounds. Um, and, like, smoked myself off from an angle, waited for a few people to walk by, and then poked out of the, the backside of my own smoke, um, and shot three people in the back CT. And it was free as fuck. Like, it, it was, like, I don't know, it's so nice, and that's not something that I could do on Jet Cypher or Chamber. Like, the smokes just don't last long enough. For people to think, oh, I'm smoking this angle off because I don't care about it. Yeah, yeah, chamber smokes. Yeah, chamber smokes. Um, <laughs> no, I just literally listed every other agent I play. But, like, because yeah. uh, if you just smoke something, I mean, maybe back in fucking 1.0, like Valorant 1.0, I don't know what fucking patch they're on at this point, but, like, jet smokes lasted quite a while. You might be able to smoke something off and have somebody be like, oh, they just don't care about this. And walk through it. Or walk across that angle or whatever. But, like, with cypher cages, like, even though they last a decent amount of time, like, nobody's just walking past the cypher cage and just being like, oh, yeah, they don't care about this angle. Like, they just don't want us to have, like, line of sight. And I guess that, like, a lot of that has to do with how far you can throw a cypher cage. Yeah, and how Cypher uses his cages most often for setups. So you think, oh, if there's a Cypher cage here, then there is likely other utility and the Cypher here. Um, whereas, yeah, a, a Brim, Omen, Astra smoke. Yeah. You, you, somebody can walk past that smoke thinking, oh, this is just the default smoke they throw for site exec. Mm-hmm. Or for whatever. They they were just throwing a smoke. They could be across the map. It doesn't matter. Like they just were supporting a teammate. They were doing whatever. They're not like actively holding this. It's much less likely that they're a- actively holding it. 
And like in the last uh in the last premiere game that we played on Breeze, uh like I know Chase wasn't around for that. Um Oh you're wearing your mid layer, actually. I just noticed that. What's that? Or you're wearing your base layer. I was yeah. wearing the exact same base layer earlier today. I was wondering <laughs> if you were still wearing it, but then I saw the line across. No, no, no. I was. I am not still wearing my base layer. Yeah, I was. I was wondering <laughs> if we were still like if we were both wearing the exact same shirt. Which I'm like, this is a very rare occasion where Cass and I are wearing the same thing. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but no, I don't I'm think, no I don't think both of you guys have uh, blacked out Maryland hoodies to match with me. No. Uh I do have a Maryland hoodie, but it's not blacked out. No. Should I go throw on my Valorant hoodie and then? Hunter, you go throw on your Valorant hoodie, and then we can all do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I actually don't have my Valorant, Valorant hoodie yeah, still. I haven't have. got it back from my buddy when I left it with. Oh yeah, you should get that back. Yeah. Oh, I okay, did. But at any rate, what what I was talking about is um, I noticed that uh, the brim on the other team would drop a smoke a main on breeze or like AKs and just not deal with that. He just dropped it off rip, regardless of, like, audio cues or anything. Like, that smoke was going down most rounds. And I got a fair amount of value just walking through said smoke. Uh, and, like, got to shoot him or Viper, who was also playing A. Why they had both smokes on A, I don't know. But, like... Yeah. Uh, I, I got a lot of value just walking straight through that smoke. Uh, when my t- When the rest of the team was making noise, either mid or B. And just, like, collecting free picks. Uh, and then I was mm-hmm. like, hey, Hunter, I I think I've worked something out here. Uh, you yeah. should come with me, and we're just going to disrespect the brim smoke. And we're going to go through this, and we're going to get some value. And the brim didn't throw that smoke for the rest of the fucking game. Yep, he just left it unsmoked. Amen. <laughs> I don't even know what he was doing with the smokes. It's not like we knew that he was using them, like, all in mid or something. Like, he just refused to smoke for the rest of the game. I don't know, like, because, yeah, it, at one point, okay, so, they called a timeout, which, like... Oh, yeah, you, I keep forgetting you can do that now. Yeah, I can, we keep forgetting you could do that, too. We didn't remember you could do that until the other team called a timeout. Um, but it was it was really funny in that. They called the timeout, and they are talking about it, and Alex is like, whoa, 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 boys, hold on. Like, we we were talking out our plans, what we're gonna do, and Alex yeah. is like, yo, yo, guys, hold up, hold up. I've been getting three picks mid every round. They're stacking mid. They're going to push mid aggressively. We just rush a site, and we're going to have it for free. Yeah. And we just rush A, and he was so right. It was free as fuck. Yeah, they were all <laughs> coming from mid doors or flank. Like, they clearly <laughs> just, like, booked it down mid. It was the oh, greatest the call of Premier so far by any of us. Yeah. That's amazing. But, like, mm-hmm. it, it worked out so well. But, like, Alex was saying, like, had they not called the timeout, there is no way he would have had that thought. Right, the timeout well, yeah, was because, very because he's also thinking, oh, they're talking about how to deal with the mid pressure right now. Yeah, yeah. And so what they're yeah. gonna do on the on this is they're going to hold mid hard. Yeah, but that's like, what they're talking about. Okay, let's <laughs> let's do something completely different. Yeah. Um, but he was like, "Yo, have they just called this in the pre-round timer? Like, yo, we we like we gotta be pushing mid. We gotta be taking control of mid." He would have never had the thought of like, "Oh, they're trying to like aggressively push mid." We should just hard hit a site. It was because he, yeah. or it was because they called the timeout and worked on this plan that he had the idea. And he's like, just hard pushing mid is not like something you need to really. I don't know. Maybe they had like a bunch of set like util things that they were trying to work out. 
to get the best advantage in mid, and then just didn't really consider that, like, we also had the time to think about it. Or or they just called the timeout because they're losing, and they're like, okay, why are we losing? Oh, we're losing three mid every round. Why don't we put four mid, five mid, and just yeah. deal with the one person who is fucking us, and then we can deal with the rest of it later. And so, mm-hmm. like, it was not it was not, like, the first thought. It was, like, a process to get to what they were going to do. But Maybe. them calling a timeout also forces you to think about, hmm, what are they thinking about? Yeah. Why did they call right. this timeout? <laughs> because you don't want to right? just keep doing the same thing, knowing that they're going to be changing their strategy in some way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that also kind of brings to mind one other thing that I've been trying to do more, and I think we've all been doing more, which is discussing our feelings on how different efforts across the map are going on offense. Because, like... I had no idea until Alex said that, that he was having that much success at mid just because I wasn't going mid and you know, I I wasn't, I was often having other things to think about other than the fact that, Oh, that's nice that Alex got all those kills at mid. I didn't really realize that's what was going on. So I think it's good to to know, to think about the fact that we can use timeouts and it's just good to share knowledge about what has or hasn't been working. And I think we're doing a better job of that anyway, so that we can, I I didn't realize how much Alex was farming mid until I hit scoreboard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the scoreboard is a pretty good indicator. Yeah. He was doing something. So oh I was like, oh, like, I'm I, like, Cass told me what the scoreboard was for that game, and holy fuck. Yeah. Battle of the Smurfs. Yeah, Alex but was like, uh, 30 and 10, and the next person yeah. on our team was 14 and 14. But the, yeah, the, and the, the other team, team was 29 and 14 or whatever. 29 and, and 12. And the next person on their team. Yeah. yeah, eight, yeah. 20, 20x whatever. 29. 8. 29 to 8 and yeah. 30 to 14. 14. Yeah, it's even funny if you look at the plus minus. Plus 17 to negative 7. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, neither second. of these people are surfing. Yeah. It's in Premiere. But it's like, it's Battle of the Hard Carries. Like, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Well, like, yeah, it was uh, like, I, at least from our perspective, we didn't even notice how hard the Viper was going. Yeah, it's like I, I think a lot of those vipers kills were like more garbage timey kills. Like the rounds decided, there are four of us alive. They get three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or even if they're not garbage time kills, they get a couple and then die, and then Alex gets more, <laughs> and then we yeah. win the round. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, like I, I also had no idea how much success Alex was getting in mid. Which, like, do you think you would just pick up from the kill feed? Mm-hmm. Like, I knew Alex was having success, but you don't know but, how like, it's going in mid. Yeah, right? but like, I don't specifically know where all the kills are going down. I'm playing Cipher. I'm fucking lurking A. You're doing your own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you I'm, know, I'm like just... maybe he's he's getting kills and he went mid, but you don't know if that was because he's peeking a weird angle onto A and getting some kills mm. or like he, it's not like oh yeah, I'm just farming whoever comes mid. Like yeah. until until he says that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um but like I thought I was doing pretty well that game. I don't know, my my scoreline didn't end up crazy good, but like I started off the game like pretty hot. Like I was doing well for myself. I'm like, yeah, like we we got this. Like we're we're good. Um, and then I pulled up the scoreboard at one point, and I'm like, holy fuck! <laughs> like, yeah. My performance is irrelevant. <laughs> mm. I'm a side character. I'm definitely not the MC. Yeah, 
But on the topic of time ads, it's also like, you know, you're saying you have the time to discuss it and it's good to use. But yeah, as we were also talking, it's important to understand that they are also talking about what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Which like, I don't know, I, I wish this was a feature, like just in general, like the timeout thing. Like having a timeout for a minute is not a big deal. And even if like you took this to rank and they shortened it to like 30 seconds. Like, you have 30 seconds to fucking spare out of your day. Is anybody surprised? You're not going to fucking rage quit because someone calls a timeout. Yep. And, like, I never even, like, until they called one, I didn't even fucking consider it because, like, that's never really been an option. for a timeout, the team, right? Or are you talking about on, on the other team? You're not going to rage quit because the other either, team called a timeout. Either yeah. or. Like, regardless. Yeah. Like, no one's going to fucking rage quit on a timeout. Like, sure, in ranked, somebody might veto it. But, like... Just, like, I don't see why that can't be an option, you know? It's like, oh, fuck, I really gotta take a piss. And now me playing... Or, well, back when I played a lot of Jet, it was really easy to mix in a piss break. I tried to entry site, I died off rip. My team <laughs> fell back off that site we were trying to hit. Yeah. Well, I, I got, got a minute. I, I, got, I got 40 <laughs> seconds at least. I can, yeah. I can get a piss out in that time. Um, or, like, I can grab another beer from the fridge or whatever it is that you got to do. But like, I, I feel like there are many a ranked games that could have been saved by a timeout. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like the amount of times we finished a ranked game that was, that was relatively close and then been like, dang, we were just too slow to adjust to the other team doing this. Like that's definitely mm-hmm. happened a lot. Yeah. Like, we get it figured out at some point, but it's just too late, and, you know, you're always going to lose a couple rounds here and there. And, yeah, like, I I feel like nobody's going to be salty about a minute or even half a minute fucking timeout. I feel like that should just be something you can call for. Mm, I mean, I think it's just not necessary in comp, to be honest. Like, it, it might be nice in certain instances, but, like... It's not something that they need to add. I think Premiere makes a lot more sense to add it because yeah. you have so much more comms and team mm. coordination. But the vast majority of comp games, you just you don't have that comms and team coordination. Well, I'm not calling it unless we have the comms in the first place. Yeah, but, but someone been... might. Uh, yeah, but then you can veto it. Like the same way that like it pulls up a. But then, like, why FF even play? add that aspect? Uh, to it? I don't. I, like, I feel like they're definitely games. Where everybody, like, in that last game we played on Sunset, the Sky might have not had comps. Everybody else did, because they all said something at some point. Yeah. Over no one was talking. Yeah, Chase and I were kind of the only people, like, consistently talking, but, like, I know the Reyna and the Phoenix had voice comms because I calmed certain plans or ideas to them, and they responded. Also, the, the Reyna and the Sky were in party together, so they probably had comps. Yeah. Um, ergo, they just didn't like, use them. Yeah, we we didn't need them. We we're fucking running away with it. At least it felt like we were running away with it. It turns out, according to the scoreboard, we weren't. But well, it's because we were playing four v five. That that aforementioned sky had a thirty six ACS. Yeah, so, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was a little tough for this guy. No, we we're playing four v four in the last round. Well, the very last round where someone yeah. on their team literally went AV- AFK. They're 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 ISO rage quit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, probably because the Phoenix deleted him in his alt. 
Um, I was six and zero against the ISO. You were three and zero against the ISO. I don't yeah. know who he killed. Probably our sky. <laughs> okay, but at any rate, like, you know, like we've all had games where the the comms are good, the team vibe is good, and we're just not getting, we're not seeing the results. You know? Yeah, it happens. Hunter's probably not hitting his shots. You're probably dying with the op and losing the uh, investment. Probably. That's just how ranked games go. Yeah. Um, You're saying it'd be uh, nice to have 30 seconds to yell at each other about it. Yes! Yeah, yeah. Well, I can be like, yo, Hunter, what the fuck are you doing? You're not an opper. Stop buying the op on Yoru. Give me the op. I'm playing Cypher. I'm an opper. My stats would say (laughs) otherwise on that one. Um, but anyway, uh, the two back-to-back 4Ks with the op. It is already gaining my stats enough for me to yeah. be confident <laughs> in that statement. Uh, but oh, what I will say, what I what I will say is that uh, I, I think there's a, a bit of the other side of the coin, which is a bit of a problem with them adding timeouts to comp, which is that you know when things are, are really toxic and there's a bad game, there's a potential for it to get that much worse if there's a timeout. Yeah. Like, I, I'm sure yeah. we've all had games where, like, I just, I don't, I'm not going to rage quit because I don't want to have the penalty, but, man, I hate my team and I can't wait for this game to be done. Like, I've given up even caring if we win because this team is so toxic. And, like, if someone calls a timeout there, just like, oh, my God. Yeah, I almost did that in a five-stack, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I'm, I can't get banned for Premiere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have got. I don't think you get banned for one FF, but I'm not confident. Well, no, it wasn't an FF. Sorry. It was the the me rage quitting. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was thinking about the situation. You wouldn't have gotten banned for dodging, and you knew what you were getting into at Agent Select. <laughs> the I one didn't dodge. Know what I was getting into yes. at Agent Select. Yes. <laughs> right. I, I could have right. dodged, but once we got into the game, it was too late to dodge. Oh yeah. I can't Chase, you were, you were actually this. salty about that. No, Cass explained it to me the next day, and yeah. I, don't know, uh, I thought I was it was really funny and that. cool that you guys did it, did this, but <laughs> yeah. then Cass was like actually salty about it. I know, yeah, I, I know. don't know. <laughs> I can't, I can't explain it either because like I woke up the next day and I was still fucking salty. <laughs> right, right. And I, I, was like, like, I thought I about it because yeah, because whenever you know, I whenever like, I do no something reason. that upsets someone, I think about it a lot because I'm like, fuck, did I screw up? And I was like, Cash should have just dodged if you didn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah no, no, I was just like, yeah, like, no, no, but that would be lame too. I think Cash should just been like, ah, fuck it, let's yeah, play right, something right, random. Yeah. Like, okay, right, I know because like the in listeners the... have no idea what happened here. You're right, That's right. true. We're all referring to the situation we haven't explained. <laughs> so I guess I guess I'll explain it because I was the instigator of this. That Cass had just unlocked ISO, and we were like, oh, we're gonna see the Cass ISO, and he said. I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to do that. So I was frantically messaging in Discord, and me and two other guys, Instalock, Chamber Jet, and um, Cypher. Chamber Jet and Cypher, which were the characters Cass plays. This was before the Omen arc started, just before it. And and then Cass, for some reason, picks Reyna instead of Iso. To be a contrarian, I suppose, even though he yeah. saw... Yeah, that, was the, that was the only reason he explained to me that he picked Reyna, was because he oh, was, was like, they right, were right, doing oh, this yeah. specifically yeah, to make yeah, me choose ISO, and I'm right. not. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, that, that was what Reyna I was guessing. Here. Yeah. Um, and then the game went predictably terribly, and Caps was yeah, yeah. not happy. And, like, there's... There, yeah, like, like, like I was saying, like, I woke up the next day, and I was still fucking salty. And there's no yeah. reason to be salty over it. Like, I understand that, like, ah, like, yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I like had I been on the other side of the coin, I would have done the same fucking thing. <laughs> I, think, um, I think that that's also a fair reaction. I think we've all kind of had yeah, scenarios yeah. like that where you're like, "Why am I pissed right now?" But I'm fucking pissed. Oh yeah, yeah. like I shouldn't yeah, be, I but I am pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was so fucking upset over that. And, like, I, I don't like it. Was my rank up game, which probably fed into it. Mm, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. To be fair, I did not realize that going in. <laughs> yeah. That would have changed. It, 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 like, 
and like I'm like that definitely like played a role, but like like I was saying, like it, it's like yeah, it's 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 funny. Like I support yeah. that you guys did. That. I just like. <laughs> I was so fucking mad. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't explain why I was that fucking yeah. pissed off. But yeah, no, literally, like, I woke up the next day and I went to work in a fucking bad mood. Oh, and no. I'm like, why am I in a bad mood? Yeah. Um, and I'm just like thinking back on it. I'm like, fuck, like, this should not be affecting my mental as much as it is right now. Mm-hmm. But like, th- th- this is just living rent free in my head. Yeah, and like I, I couldn't. I like I was just so fucking pissed off. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it as well is that the other team was solid, and then we probably weren't going to win regardless of who we played because we had Kevin, whose computer was doing even worse than usual, meaning he was running at twenty frames the whole game, and then uh, Cam was very high, <laughs> so like <laughs> neither of them were doing anything, and then yeah, definitely what didn't help that we were playing different roles than what we normally do. Yeah, no, that was just like, yeah, dude, that was a tough game. Like, it didn't help yeah. that I wasn't like, if I was at least hitting shots and mm. then using Reina Util, like, I would have felt okay, even right. if I was going like 50 50. But, like, I couldn't win a gunfight to save my fucking life. And when I did win a gunfight, I forgot that Reina has Util. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, then, and then after that, you're like, well, if I was on one of the three agents that I play, <laughs> maybe I could have gone to second. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, dude, I will I was say. So fucking mad. <laughs> do we want to, since it's been a couple weeks and we didn't really have much to say about it before? Do we want to do a slight pivot into what we think of ISO now that there's been more time that we've played against him and, in some cases, played as him? Sure, I think this will be fairly brief. I think so too. Um, so I, I'll, I'll start off here. I think he's not dog shit, but it requires. It requires somebody who wants to play second entry, and then you also have a primary entry on your team. Like, I feel like those are the two, like, prerequisite factors. Like, it kind of requires a double duelist comp, Mm -hmm. and it requires somebody who actually wants to play said primary duelist and entry. Yeah, like, probably the most obvious is Phoenix ISO, for that reason. I I was thinking more... Raise and Jet. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm, I'm thinking movement somebody duelist. who... Like, like a movement duelist who is going to do the traditional get onto site, and then ISO is going to play secondary entry and follow them up, and ISO is really... I think ISO is actually really good at doing secondary entry because you know exactly when you need to prime your E, you're ready for gunfights. You have info on where those gunfights are going to take place because your primary entry already entered. Um, and yeah, you can, in theory, get support from the initiator on your team, being either smokes or recon. Like, I, I think if you're playing him optimally, especially in ranked, like, there is value to be had. I just think that those are a lot of boxes that need to be ticked off for a ranked lobby. And yeah. therefore, he's not. Like, there are too many boxes to tick off for that to be a main. I feel like it was, like, pre-buff Viper. Yeah. Like, there were too many restrictions for that to be, like, I'm going to main this agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like that's the position I set in. And that's kind of where I've landed on him. 
Yeah, I have the Valorant wiki pulled up right here. And when you were talking about him pre-buff Viper or, you know, just uh, being not bad, but not great and requiring certain conditions, uh, I, I tend to agree with that. And, like, I think the thing that is the most clear parallel to me is that I think he's at a similar power level in ranked to KO and Gecko, where in most situations, you should just play Sky. Sky is just a better character than KO and Gecko at the ranked level because... You know, Gecko, his his stuff is just more conditional when it's good, and then KO requires a certain amount of coordination. And there's aspects of both of that in ISO's kit, where you really need coordination off the vulnerable to get max value. And then, you know, like Gecko's stuff, it, it, there are just a lot of times you would prefer to have Sky Util or you prefer to have other Duelist Util. Um, so I, I certainly think he's fun and is not, and is fine, but you're not throwing if you pick him in ranked. I have played him once when I had a fairly decent game, and like I kind of anticipated when we first discussed his abilities and they were released, there were just a ton of times where the where his E just didn't matter. Where I, you know, got a kill, got the shield active, and then didn't take a fight after that, or took a fight where I didn't take damage, or took damage, but then it wasn't significant later in the round. Like, there were a ton of times that it didn't matter at all, but it felt really cool. It was really fun to shoot the orb, you know, hear that sound and then be able to reload fast. <laughs> like I, I enjoyed you, playing him once I started doing well. Okay. But like, I think like you play differently when you have the shield or like the shield in theory enables you to play differently. Oh yeah. I was definitely Which, being more aggressive. Like, I, had I think, shield. yeah, like, but I feel like the, how much more aggressively isn't something that's like been fully worked out yet. And then like, yeah. on a side note, I did op a fucking shielded, fucking ISO for the first time today. Mm. It feels bad. I feel like I've seen you... I feel like I saw you do that before, but either way, you've definitely done it now. Okay, maybe. Like th This yeah. was the first time that I noticed it because mm -hmm. I took the shot and you were like, that, they should be dead, but they're and not. I'm like, I fucking hit that shot and I saw the shield pop and then I was just like, oh, fuck, I'm Omen. I now have to bunny hop to behind cover right? because I can't do anything else here. And then my teammate got the kill. So, like, you could argue my op shot did good. But it doesn't even show up in your fucking post-round combat report. Really? I don't get any, I don't get any wow. serotonin from shooting the fucking ISO. Mm. Bullshit, right? Add that in. I want to know yeah, that I assist. broke the shield. So, someone was calling it assistflation? No, no, like, I don't need an assist. Just, like, let me know that I broke your shield. Let me feel good about the fact that, like, Oh, I did, I did that. something. Yeah, because you look at your combat report, and it, like in like the post round, it kind of like shows you everything you did that round, and it's like, oh, you dropped a smoke here, and it blocked off. Actually, I don't look at that shit because there's smokes. Smokes are stupid utility. Um, but yeah, like, come on, I want to know how I'm shooting people. Yeah, and I shot him, and it doesn't show up. And now I'm. No, I'm salty. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a little bit of a feels bad, especially if, if he was the one that got the kill on you afterwards, that uh, he would just get another shield. <laughs> so really, what did you do? But, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say that, okay, overall, my opinion on ISO, I, I kind of talked about it earlier in the podcast, but I don't think it's changed much since he initially came out. Um. Like, I think that certain abilities are useful in certain situations, and he seems like a fun agent to play. 
Um, and those abilities might be more useful in those situations than I had originally thought, but overall, I still think he's not good. But I, we're, we're pretty much all in agreement here, I think. Yeah. And I almost feel like I overrated him by saying, you know, KO Gecko. I think he is worse than both of, both of those. But in the same rough tier of, you know, this is a oh, not the optimal pick for ranked. However, uh, you can pick him and it's not throwing to do so in the same way that picking Deadlock is really, at this point, throwing unless you're just I would I would take an ISO on my team over a KO and a Gecko. No assuming, way. assuming we have flashes. Uh, uh, well, and actually, uh, that's a bit of a tough one, though, because like that is a tough assumption. Don't have multiple flash agents. I will take Reina flashes. Oh, okay, okay, sure. In this conversation, yeah, right, because I have limited faith in a teammate's KO's flashes. See, that's Am that's I limited. Fair. I mean, if I ask them to flash a certain area for me, I don't really expect that to happen. Like right. I might I might be able to expect them to flash the site generally that we're hitting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a fair expectation. Yeah. And I feel like if they want to right click out of a smoke and they can flash that, that's a fair expectation. But like, hey, I'm gonna be peeking this angle. Can you flash tree for me? I feel like that's unreasonable. Yeah. And the majority of other Flash agents are capable of doing that in a way in which the enemy team is not going to have, at our ELO at least, the time to turn from said Flash. Um, I'll uh, breach Flash, I'll accept I mean, I, I really liked the uh, the comparison of, uh, or ju- just the statement that you made, you would rather have a Sky for Gecko or, or KO. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I think that it also applies directly to, to ISO. Is mm-hmm. I most often rather just have a Sky. Oh, that ISO. Yeah, not in the same class. I'm, I'm just, I'd rather have a Sky in all of those scenarios. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, this was a topic I vetoed from, like, the the me looking at ideas list. Um, but like, now that we've kind of bleeded into it, someone was talking about what if uh, Sky's Flashes just no longer gave info? And I was like, that guts her kit. But now it, that I'm thinking yeah. about it, I'm not 100% sure. It's tough because the dog is still really good, and the heel, because it's a group heel, is... Yeah, but the heel is still like... Still the Especially worst part of her kit, but it's okay. Yeah, like the heel is yeah. not great. It's okay, but it gives it, it. It's a confidence booster for everybody else. I feel like the heel is yeah. like good in pistol round, and then in isolated situations. But yeah. like, I feel like I think can, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I think you can pretty much ignore the heel as Sky does not have a third ability, and all the other initiators have three more. Or have an extra useful ability, but we can group their least useful ability into the same tier as her heal. Um, and it's like, does Sky offer enough to the table if her Without flashes don't give info? She would significantly drop, but 
I think she's but, gonna um, be okay. Yeah, like I, I was like I, I initially ignored yeah. that as just like, yeah, Sky would be dog shit if you like or Flash didn't give info. But now that I think about it, like there's still some of the most versatile flashes in the game. They're arguably yeah. the best utility in the game, given that they currently provide info. Um and assuming you know how to pilot them, unlike Hunter. Uh like there there can be some good good info to be gained there. But like I might still prefer Sky even without the info over any of the other Flash initiators. Yeah, assuming, I mean just being able to place the Flash so in such a custom manner if you're not yeah. messing up with it. <laughs> yeah, and I was really going to nice. assume the teammate is competent at yes. whatever agent they're playing. Like right. I would take a competent Sky over a competent breach, a competent KO, a well, competent part, gecko. No, I, I mean I think normalized that KO would be good. The thing is, yeah, what, the big part of that is that a lot of KOs are not as competent as they are with Sky because it's just a more difficult agent to play yeah, well. Yeah. But, right. but I would still take the competent Sky over the competent KO. Well, when, the, assuming, I think the key thing is what you mean when equal, you say competent, because like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. let me reiterate that. Assuming equal impact by utility on game. Which I know is a kind of long-winded way to... Yeah, that's to say it doesn't matter. Hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because <But like, laughs> yeah. like, I was going to say that the whole rather... reason why KO's flashes are tough and ranked is because it's so difficult to place them to pop at a specific position if you're using the left click and to make sure your team is on board with what that timing is to usefully peek off of those... So, like, that's such a higher, like, skill and execution ceiling over the Sky Flash that, like, I think if you assume an average amount of, like, effort put into Sky Flashing versus KO okay. Flashing, okay. you're going to get on. much worse oh, KO Flashes. Okay, well, like, let's just assume both Flashes are good. Okay? okay. Then I let's take assume the KO. both Flashes are good. KO's wait, got wait, good Flashes. This sky is still assuming flash. Sky without info. This is yeah. still assuming Sky without info. Okay. KO Flashes are good. Sky Flashes are good. I would rather have dog over knife in ranked. That's fair. And then fair. the KO nade doesn't do dick most of the time. Yeah. Like same with sky heal also doesn't do dick most of the time. Like is the nade better than the heal? Yeah, probably, but I don't think it's good enough to deserve putting any value into. And then yeah. their alts well, they're both solid alts. But yeah, they're like, both solid alts. Okay, solid alt, I think, is significantly better. Is it? Yeah. Like, because, like, like, you can okay. guarantee when you're taking a site or at a given point that you're not going to get, like, rays ulted. Or if there's a jet sure, who's depending sure, on their sure. knives, now they can't. Yeah. And, like, I, I think I, that's I very guess, important. I, I guess, like, because we're talking about ranked on, like, a five-man site hit. Yeah. The KO ult is probably stronger. Mm-hmm. But I feel like for, for mid-rounding, the Sky Halt is so fucking good. Oh, yeah. Sky I mean, that's, very the, good, that's yeah. the difference uh, in how they're used. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. But like I'm saying because we're talking about ranked here, in which a five-man sight hit is way more likely. Right, right. Like, I, I, I think I can stand your argument of KO Alt being better. Yeah. For rank. Than Sky Alt is. But I think I'd still rather, like, I don't know. I, I think I'd still rather have the Sky. 
That'd be a tough just, one for me. I, it it really depends. It's almost I I can't really imagine playing like as the teammate playing off a sky flash without the info. Because well, that I, also affects the way that you that you're playing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I was also because if, yeah. if, if you're getting like a sky flash into an area, most often you know as you're peeking off of that sky flash whether or not there's somebody that got flashed by it. Is there somebody in that angle? Yeah, I, was like, kinda, I, I see what you're saying, yeah. but like I think sky would have to be played differently if her flashes didn't give info. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm just saying, like, I think that her flashes become significantly worse to play off of as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and might be more like a KO, or at least bring it more in line with. But I think think the sky flashes are still very good, and as Hunter talked about, like, for the sake of my argument, I said they both have equally as good flashes. But, like, it's a lot easier to hit a good sky flash than it is to hit a good ko flash yeah and that's the angle that um, i was coming out coming at it from when when jace is saying that like you can't imagine peeking off of uh sky flash without info i can't imagine peeking off of a good ko left click flash because that just doesn't happen in ranked uh you know it, it's just very difficult to do and the coordination required is difficult so yeah that's part of it for me that i'm having a hard time like I've peeked off of my teammates' sky flashes tons of times. I've very rarely peeked off a teammate's left click KO flash. Oh, I, I know a left click KO flash lineup for the sent B man. Cool. Nice. I will yeah, never that'll ever come, play KO. Yeah, that'll come really yeah. in handy for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I know it. <laughs> I tried to explain it to Tony in one game. It didn't work out too well. No oh, no. Yeah, your explaining's <laughs> not great. <laughs> Tony's KO isn't great. Sure? Those are those are both. And Tony true. can listen to this. <laughs> both they, both of those statements can be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen someone die with utility in hand more than uh, Tony playing KO, or maybe Tony uh, playing Cipher. Actually, Tony that playing Sky. I don't know. Me, me. When Chamber <laughs> first came out, yeah. When Chamber first dropped, I died a lot with util in hand. You did. You mm. really did. It, there was an adjustment period from playing Jet. This is also pre-most Jet nerfs. So Jet Dash was yeah. still instant. I was still used to, like, instant Jet Dash. So, like, I died a fair amount with Chamber Util in hand. Um, but okay, I want to circle back to something that I brought up at the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hunter, put you on the spot. You're standing oh, yeah. on a soapbox. What oh, yeah. what's memorable? What stands out? Yeah, so there there are two things uh, to me that stand out. Uh, the one is a bit more of a simpler, more concrete thing, which is just in uh, our agent challenge earlier this year. Like that was very interesting to see how that played out because it was wild to see Chase really embrace the duelist role and uh, carry that over slightly when we're messing around on an alt or something. And I never expected. I mean, the biggest surprise was Cass actually like adding Cypher to his list of mains. Like, that was actually crazy that that happened, and very nice as well for team flexibility purposes. Uh, and I found out that I have a limit to what agents I enjoy playing, because I <laughs> despise Soma with a passion. Um, but yeah, that was just very interesting, having all, you know, going into a game instead of being like, oh, well, you know, we're all playing agents that we're comfortable with, especially early on. 
just going in and it's trying to make the best of it with agents that we really didn't know what we were doing. Um, so that, was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. um, I will so, say that was, uh, that was out of left field for me too. finding that like, yeah, I I'm okay with the cipher. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it kind of just made yeah. me realize that you, like, I understand a little bit why you do challenges for yourself so often is because it gives you a little bit extra like thing to want to work towards when you're playing the game. Right. Right. Um, exactly. But obviously I don't want to do them constantly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my I current challenge sense, is, the, really. is the weakest challenge I've ever done, which is play my favorite agent and use my favorite gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Phantom and Yoru. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the... I don't know, like... I, like, and as I iterated multiple times on podcast, like, if I played a lineup agent, I would know them. Yes, yes. But back before Chase knew any Brim lineups. Yeah, before before Premiere when I actually yeah, learned yeah, a bunch yeah. of lineups. Yeah. Like, if I played a fucking lineup agent, I would know them. Yeah, and Cass like, Hobson did the range and customs and yeah, figures yeah, yeah, out yeah. cipher setups. Yeah, yeah, like which I, I never did with KJ. Yeah. Um, because like that that's just the kind of person I am. Um, but it was interesting to see like Cipher working out into the the rest of my play style, which isn't. I'm a fucking peach shit off barrier drop. Mm-hmm. Which I still mm-hmm. very much enjoy doing. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously, Cypher forces you to play more passively, which is your entire goal of putting me on Cypher. And I kind of knew that I was going to get placed on Cypher when we decided to do this in the first place. Yeah. I was like, it's between Astra and Cypher, and I just really don't want Astra. Yeah, <laughs> so we didn't give right. you Astra. Yeah. yeah. Cass specifically said um, he would have a difficult time playing the game if he had to be Astra, and we weren't going to subject yeah. him to that. Um,. But yeah, no, like I, 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 as evident by the fact that I still play Cipher, like it, it does very much work into my playstyle, uh, in terms of how I would optimally like to play Jet. Just I can't be as aggressive. Yeah. Um, because the way in which I like playing Jet is, you know more lurky, more I'm gonna feel out my duels and use my util to smoke off angles to take a different duel and then updraft to get like a yeah. odd position. And I just have to play that style slightly differently as Cypher. But it gives me a lot more freedom to do it. Yeah, and you saying that brings up the fact that I had kind of forgotten about for a minute, which is that my side challenge of the jet was also very interesting. And very a nice ego boost that I was able to get to uh, plat two with that, and just also very helpful in that it definitely uh, trained me to be much better at aggressively taking duels without utility, which is something that I hadn't done nearly so much until I played Jet. Um, so that definitely ga- that definitely gave me a lot of skills and confidence in improving my aim that carried back over into my regular gameplay, even though I haven't touched Jet all that much since that. Mm-hmm. Was was that your second point, the, the the jet thing? No, no, I had one other, but I was going to wait okay, until yeah. you guys went in case, so I didn't steal your oh, thunder okay. in case you were going to say it. Well, Chase, what do you have? Um, the one that immediately popped into my head uh, was just the first time that we came up with agent ideas for the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle. Um, Kyle. Yeah, it was because of Kyle. <laughs> and I think, Kyle. I think we brought it up yeah. multiple many times since, but like... I liked Kyle, oh, and I, I just really liked the yeah. idea of, you know, coming up... It was, like, a unique idea for us of coming up with, like, a new agent for the game or new abilities, and 
I, I kind of yeah. I liked the feeling of like the first few episodes too, of like going through all of the guns and all of the agents, and like just having the podcast at the beginning was was really cool. Just to to have like a structured way to 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 talk, and you know now I just sit down once a week on my computer and uh, don't do any work whatsoever. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say the the first few episodes. I think if yeah, if you're a newer listener, um, it's obviously outdated information. But I think the first like two oh, and episodes we're, we're probably way worse it. at the whole com- conversation podcast yeah. thing than we are now. Yeah, um, I would say skip the very first episode and then listen to like <laughs> two through five. And those what, are what was the very first episode? Was that the guns or the agents? I don't remember, I don't but I remember we were just a little bit more no agents. agents because the pilot is called Riot. Please nerf Yoru. Right, oh, okay. right, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think then episode two where we talk about all the guns, I think is like, and the guns haven't received too many changes since. It's really so, a couple guns have had a lot of changes, and most of them haven't. Yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, like I again, like yeah, it's just saying. I think that was a good. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of nice, just like running through all of them. Yeah. And just like, hey, what are what are our thoughts? How do we feel about each kind of the game? Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, right. I, I'll throw in a little side one to say that I also it was really fun talking with you guys about the fact that uh, this kind of ties back into the Asian ideas thing. That when the podcast was starting, there were rumors of a Yoru rework incoming, but they hadn't actually hit yet. And the fact that they like actually took an idea of mine. And that's one of the, where one of the jokes of right listening to the podcast started. The fact that faking the TP and they made that a thing like that was so hype <laughs> that I wanted that, and then they actually <laughs> added that to the game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, for me, I, I was gonna list. I think it's pretty close in terms of me listing wanting a buff to the op and you guys referencing. Me wanting a buff to the op <laughs> is roughly equal <laughs> throughout this podcast. What has that ever happened? I I don't know. Hard to say. I I, I think that, yeah. I think it's so funny that like you guys just think, oh, here's a topic. Cass is going to say where he wants a fucking buff to the op, <laughs> and you weren't actually going yeah. to do that, yeah, but like you could have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think it's hilarious that at this point it's just been like. 50% me bringing up Buff the Op, and 50% you guys joking about me bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, that, that was the first thing that came to mind for me. But, um... Yeah. Launch uh, jet the, and, a, and an Op buff. Yes. I don't, I, yeah, I, I will, again, say this till I fucking... Uh, I, I don't know. There's probably going to be an end limit on this, but I don't know what it is yet. I still want to see, like, an April Fool's Day playlist where you get to play every agent at their fucking max. The yep. game is literally in the most broken state it can be. And, like, yeah, have it be an optional thing on fucking... It doesn't even need to be April Fool's. Like, I think it'd be funny yeah. for that. But, like, just... I want three jet smokes that last fucking half an hour. And also insta dash, and, and knives right click. Yeah, imagine, yeah. <laughs> imagine that speech that Cass just gave, but just with a much like croakier voice. 
And that's what Cass is going to say 70 years from now on his deathbed when his grandkid says, what's the most important thing you want to impart to me before you leave this earth? <laughs> that's what Please Cass work for Riot and institute this. Yes. <laughs> My one regretted life is I never got the April Fool's Day mode. Oh, and, and, yeah. and buff the op. Yeah. One shot to a marshal. <laughs> you run through a yeah. viper wall and the marshal is an op, but mm. better. <laughs> Also rarely referenced on podcast. But, like, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. And it's not fucking, it's not for RR. It's just, I want to play the agent that I played at their most broken state. Mm-hmm. All right, Hunter, you had you had point two? Yeah, yeah. This came up, uh, I forget if it was when I was 75 or 50. There was a, one other point where I was looking at previous episodes. Um, I think one thing that's really cool is that while we're all very opinionated about things, particularly me and Cass probably are the most opinionated more than Chase. Chase is more the, the I'm the perennial fence sitter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> despite that, I feel like we have, it's been very cool to see how our opinions on things have evolved and we've convinced each other over time, despite starting off being at each other's throats about a topic. And I think the most clear, uh, indi- like example of that is Stinger versus Spectre. Where, like, at the start of the podcast, Cass hated the Stinger and couldn't believe I used it. And I thought that the Spectre was an absolutely garbage gun that no one should ever use. And now, Cass uses the Stinger all the time, is really good with it. And, you know, I I have... There was a period where I was using the Spectre more than the Stinger. And it's just cool that over time we were able to wear each other down and, like, really meet in the middle ground to where I don't (laughs) think we significantly disagree about those guns anymore. And that was, like, all over the first, like... I don't know, half year of podcast. That came up so yeah, many back, times. Back, back, back when Hunter brought the, the Stinger shit up, like, in hindsight, he was right. And I don't like admitting that. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. hard. And I'm gonna ask and I'm gonna ask Hunter to cut this out of the podcast, which I know I, he's not gonna do. But I still like, thought I still thought you were gonna say it was still dog yeah. shit and uh it, the only the yeah. buffs to the stinger really helped it. And <laughs> like holy fuck, like yeah. there are times when I use that gun right now where I'm just like, Ooh, I could not have gotten that kill. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean I was getting I'm those sure with the podcast. Like like, yeah. yeah. Every exactly. time Hunter talks about yeah. talks about right click uh, or like four round burst. Or like ADS on the Stinger, I still mm-hmm. think he's wrong. No, I oh. think I talk about ADS on the Stinger more than Hunter does. Yeah, 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 you might, you might. I still think you're wrong. Like left click Stinger, just like, and just fucking learn roughly how much to pull down. Yeah, you're thinking of Chase. I'm, oh, I'm very rarely ADS. Yeah, yeah. I, I ADS the Stinger if I'm like mm. medium range. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I do not touch ADS on that gun, but like. I know, there was one game in particular that I remember the Brim in chat, I deleted him from some fairly ridiculous ranges mm-hmm. with the Singer twice in one round. Because I deleted him at 150, and then the Sage raised him, and I deleted him again. <laughs> uh, and the Brim was just like, yo, what the fuck is this aimbot? Are you just the most goaded Stinger player of all time? <laughs> Yeah. And I wish I clipped that in the fucking text chat because I was just mm. like, I'm going to fucking frame this and give it to Hunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just to be clear, I was also wrong about the, the Spectre in that I just was a little bit uh, vitriolic towards it when I shouldn't have been. That it is sort of the definition of like an unexciting gun. But like, I, especially as Neon, I, there are definitely times I'd rather use the Spectre. 
uh, or his brim when it's just like having the the bigger mag and just being able to spray spray down an area more so than you can do with a stinger is very valuable. Oh, the bigger mag is fucking huge with the specter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah, they're very different play styles that we've you know I'm sure been over a million times. But mm. but it's just cool like, to see how we've evolved with that. Like you know, it is cool. Yeah. But, like if if you would have told us when we started the podcast that Cass and I were gonna you know meet in the middle on that over time, I think we would have been like, no, no way. That's some calf right there. I know, but like, I, okay, I guess the one thing though that I will have to say about that is I don't see myself buying a stinger on defense unless I have a very set plan for said stinger. Yeah. If I have the money to afford the Spectre, like, I get... Everyone, like, you know, like, I, I get some kills that I feel like maybe I shouldn't at the Evo I'm in with the Spectre. Yeah, and I kind of like, agree with that. It's just that I'm more likely to buy Judge Bucky than either of those guns on defense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm you're not like, meeting yeah. in the middle on Gentleman's Buy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Judge I, Bucky's kind of out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have bought a Bucky a few times, I think, since Hunter brought it up. Mm-hmm. And... And since you guys decided that it's kind of a sheriff shot, right click, but yeah, bad, but like, but like, but bad, and like, I think I'm just like, I, I, I don't have the either the patience or the dedication to play shotgun style. I think that's what I've come to the conclusion of. Just like yeah. there are times when I have a Bucky, and I'm just like. Okay, like I can see, I can see how this could be good in a given scenario. Yeah, but I'm not willing to do that. Well, that's where you need to play neon. So instead of passively camping, you're you know bunny hopping with a sprint to then slide in. Um, as neon, I I slide in with a bucky and get one tap mid slide. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how get, my neon goes. I get so salty every time I die to a bucky, and then I think back on it, and I'm like, especially when it's not off like the rip, and we're just hard hitting a site. Mm-hmm. Like if it's like mid round and I die to a Bucky in like one shot, I'm just standing there, just like, what the f- why, why the fuck are you standing here with a Bucky? Yeah, like what, what, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just. Like, I think what the fuck compelled you to purchase a Bucky every time I die to a Bucky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's buy fair. the fucking shorty and save your cash. That. <laughs> Uh, yeah, are you like, did you just get out of a coma chase back when the shorty was 150 and was better? <laughs> like, I, no, I feel like it's not worth buying the shorty now, like, ever. What? Unless you have, like, an op and lots of extra money. What? Oh, I still get mad value out of shorty. Mm, I, I don't know about that one, Chief. You don't play smokes very often. That, that, that's, I haven't you. seen Chase getting big value Omen. out of the shorty. I've been playing Omen. I like to sit in my smokes. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Jason, I, I, I still don't. Time. I still don't. I still don't buy shorty on on save round. Save round shorty still not my fave, but I, I yeah. really do like shorty vandal. I think shorty vandal is. I've been doing that a lot more. No, no, Hunter. I brought up the whole idea of me like playing omen and sitting in smokes, but like, no, I have not bought shorty once on omen. I don't think. There we go. <laughs> but there yeah. are times that I'm sitting in my smoke and I wish I had a shorty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just don't think to buy it to begin with. Um, I, I just love I love being at an angle, like a really close like doorway angle. 
um, with the shorty, I, you get that one one shot shorty kill as in the first person to like walk through that door, and then the next person does not want to, you know. Wait, you get shorty kills with one shot? Yeah, I thought that was a myth. Uh, I mean, like possible? sometimes I, I, you know, bias here, but like <laughs> you know, confirmation bias. Um, <laughs> but you get the you get the the one to four shot shorty kill. The next person doesn't want to push in immediately because, you know... Wait, hold on. Also, you have a four-shot shorty kill? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> yeah. if you do, I'd love to see that. <laughs> no. Um, the next person doesn't want to push in immediately, so, you know, they wait They wait a second. You back up to, like, a normal angle, and now you have a vandal. So then they swing really cl- quickly to, to, like, kill your shorty, and you've got a fucking vandal on the angle. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. And that just reminded me yeah. of... Uh... That is fun, the little bait into the shotgun. Mm-hmm. In our premiere game the other day, <laughs> there was one clip where I was rotating sights, and I see Kevin playing Phoenix on our mini-map, and I see the sofa on our mini-map for, like, way too long. Like, way, way too long. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? They're staring mm-hmm. at each other right next to each other. Like, they would have had enough time to reload a fucking Odin. <laughs> They both had Odin's and ran out of ammo at the same time. They could have yeah. reloaded an Odin in this time, and I still see both of them on the mini map next to each other. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? They were just in like an epic knife duel. <laughs> <laughs> oh and yeah, just like not committing to any reload whatsoever. That was yesterday, right? Just, that you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then also halfway like, through that, I joined in with a classic to help and whiffed all of my classic shots. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And I was left clicking, just to be clear, unless anyone thought I was attempting the long range. I never in a million years would have thought you were left click. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will oh, say, while we were talking about guns, I had this thought to pull it up, and I'm very gratified after all the slander here from Cass, especially about opping. I currently have a, a uh, 1.0 average kills per round with the op versus Cass's 0.7 for the act. So, what can I say? Uh, you you can say that favorites. he buy. I, I was going to say he buys a lot more ops. I also probably yeah. buy a lot more ops. But also, I was... I have more op kills for the act than Cass does. Yeah, I've, 24 I've to 17, and oh, you've wow. played more games. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Cypher. All, all I hear is excuses. No. Nah, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think... This is, I, I was initially <laughs> skeptical, but now I'm back. <laughs> I'm back, back to buying ops. Yeah. <laughs> this stat is not standing. <laughs> oh, man. Just God, no, the, the, the number of times I see Hunter on the Yoru op, and then I see the Yoru die off the rip, and I'm just like, God damn it, Hunter, you should have given me the op. <laughs> you know I've seen <laughs> you do that a lot as well, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I just accepted it at this point. Yeah. And oh, to be fair, standing, yeah. Go ahead, uh, I'll, just, I'll just be standing on a site, just like in my cam, watching B, and then on the kill feed, Hunter, dead, shows up, and I'm just like, God damn it, I should have been there to take the op shot. I mean, to be fair, Cass is better than me with the op, but one of the biggest things, the reasons, the reason, biggest reason why I've been doing it, besides having the prelude to Chaos Operator now, which is a major reason, is just that, like, oh, no, that Yoru... is the exclusive reason to be doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, Wait, let's, not, let's not say that's the biggest reason. <laughs> that is the reason you've been buying an op. Well, I, here's the thing I bought the prelude you to Chaos. how to buy an op round three. <laughs> well, which you know... I have information on. Right, you, right. You did not. <laughs> this is this is true. I've I've been I've been learning from Cass. 
Um, but like the reason why I wanted to buy a cool op skin is like I set out to buy the Prelude to Chaos long before it showed up in my store, and that's because I've been wanting to opt more on defense as Yoru, just because where Cass has the whole whether he's on Jet or Cipher, the whole quiet offense and then go off on defense. I'm very much the opposite, where especially when I'm playing Yoru, I sometimes struggle to find value on defense. And so by having the op and using Yoru to op more effectively, I can kind of, you know, get some get some good stuff going on defense. So that's kind of why I've been doing it, especially with you playing an agent who's not opping. I'm not, I'm not going to op if you're on jet. Um, it, it, it kind of works well. But yeah. yes, you, you're still the better opera at this point. Maybe that will change as I refine my yeah. skills with the Prelude to Chaos Operator. We'll see. Well, should we conclude episode 100? I believe this might be the conclusion of episode 100. Um, to the next 100 more with, uh, you know, some sponsors, I hope. Come on, Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could use... Uh... Yeah, they kind of like the nose trimmer package too now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my nose hairs are just fucking flowing out my face. Like, um, I don't have it yet, but like when they send it to me, like the Manscaped nose trimmer package is going to be like the best thing a man can buy. Yeah, you, you don't really see this through <laughs> the camera. Here. You have to see Cass in person to know this, but his his mustache is actually all nose hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the, the Manscaped package, like, is going to change my life when it arrives. They're really setting up this sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> Cass, you can't go too much more. They're going to be like, oh, they're already doing it for us. Why pay them? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Chase, you want to let us out of here? Yeah. With that, we'll drink with you later. <laughs>